This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work career and current obsession i'm your host patrick holland and my guest today is the filmmaker animator story artist and voiceover actor peter stone he's worked for pixar dating back to finding nemo and on films like luca the incredibles wally and up peter directed the film the good dinosaur and is directed the upcoming film elemental during his time at Pixar, Peter has not only gotten to work on films from behind the scenes, but he's become a popular favorite for playing characters like Emile in Ratatouille and Squishy in Monsters University. Most recently, Peter gave a scene-stealing performance as Socks, the robot comfort cat in the film Lightyear. The animated film features Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, and the idea is that Lightyear is supposed to be the film that inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy in Toy Story. Let's take a listen to part of a scene between Socks and Buzz Lightyear. Hello, Buzz. Ah! I am Socks, your personal companion robot. My what? I was issued by Star Command to ease your emotional transition after your time away. Oh, well, that's very considerate of you, robot feline, but no thank you. I'm afraid it's protocol. Sensors indicate you've missed four birthdays. Would you like a frosted snack cake to celebrate? Negative. That would compromise my nutritional regimen. We can talk about your feelings. I am an excellent listener. No, no, look. I've had a very long day. It did not go as planned. The mission was unsuccessful? Affirmative. Oh, no. I am so sorry to hear that. Thank you, Socks. You're welcome, Buzz. I can provide sleep sounds if you like. I have several options. Summer night, ocean paradise, whale calls. No, no. White noise is fine. Very well. Good night, Socks. Good night, Buzz. You do so many things, which is one of the things I relate with you about, that it seems like you are kind of a walking animation and production studio. You're doing voices. You're doing art. You're actually direct. You've actually made films yourself. But I imagine part of the appeal while we're talking is is the movie Lightyear. And yeah. you play the character Socks, who I wouldn't say steals the film, but definitely is a uh, upstages lots of the moments in a good way. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit how how you got this role and how you determined to play a robot cat um yeah uh, patrick so early on when uh, I, I don't know how much you know about the process here but like you're, you're making these reels for years you're just doing a lot of drawings for storyboards and then cutting together with temporary voices or scratch voices and so um uh, angus the director asked me to just come in to play this cat as a temporary voice and uh, so there were months of just coming in in the different versions of the film and really playing sort of this sort of you know a, a robot butler and then as as it was going on and evolving working with him i felt like we were sort of building the character together in our sort of 80s 90s love for sci-fi and all of that 
and uh, um, at, and then at, at a certain point when it was getting more real, he said, "We'd like to offer you the role," and and so that's how that happened. And uh, um, but I, and and I love it uh, just because we got, had the fun making it. But you know, like. What am I doing in the movie? Like, just, <laughs> I don't just, know. And yeah. what's great is it's like you're billed like third. Like it's like uh, you know uh, <laughs> yeah. Evans and uh, you know Kiki uh, Palmer, <laughs> and then you. You're like this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I like saw them for the, in real life, and I was like, oh my god, his biceps are humongous. Look, Taika is such a character, and like Kiki, what, like she, they're so cool. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then going back a little bit because of those like uh, scratch tracks and stuff, um, I. I have to ask this because we've covered years ago at CNET, um, and we still do to some point these therapy animals, we call them. Some of them are oh, right. toys that are designed to help comfort kids through going through chemotherapy. Right. Some are designed for adults. Did any of that enter into how you approached playing a robot cat, or is it just like, my voice sounds this way, I'm going to go with that? I think the closest thing that well, you know, like obviously from like the different type of droids that there were in the in the world. Uh, there was also a military aspect to it that uh, I was I was talking to Angus about, and honestly, there are pieces of like data as an android because he worked as a part of uh, of you know the Federation or whatever it was. There was this sort of like gentle like yes, Captain, uh, uh, you know, um, um, that was part of an ingredient to Socks that was helpful when he was spouting out all of this sort of like technical information. Um, um, but then there was a lighter side, a friendlier side that was sort of more like, hey, Buzz, you want a snack cake? That that wasn't uh, the Android part of it or the protocol part of it. It was just a friend. And so that that side of it kind of mixed with, with what I think you're talking about, about something that takes care of you or is there for you. And uh, and it was that mix that was sort of the, the thing that we built with Angus. And with Lightyear, um, what's fun is for people, for the four people who haven't seen it, well, actually, you know, there's generations of kids who have probably not seen Toy Story or, mm -hmm. or most of them. It's based off the character Buzz Lightyear. And the yeah. premise of the film, though it was missed for some people, is the yeah. fact that this is the movie that yeah. they made the Buzz Lightyear toy from. Yes. And that's why we have Chris Evans as the voice. I'm wondering, um, with, with you heard about a prequel to this character as kind of what this is, or a uh, or a kind of an origin story. What was your first reaction when you heard that there was going to be a Buzz Lightyear film and that Chris Evans was going to be Buzz Lightyear? I was really excited about it when Angus first pitched it. It was like, what was the Star Wars for Andy? And that was sort of how this was started off with. And you know, like I was born '77 when Star Wars came out, and so a lot of my childhood was, you know, I didn't see that one in the theater. I saw a Return in the theater, but that idea of like that cinematic experience uh, uh, and understanding what that was and what Angus was reaching for delighted me. And then I, I am a huge fan of, of, of Chris Evans' Captain America. Like I was just blown away by Avengers Endgame. I was crying like a, like a big baby at the end of that thing. And to hear that he would have that sort of like, you know, uh, charm uh, and, and, and strength uh, for Buzz was really exciting. And you mentioned like the 90s tech aspect to it, which uh, informs a lot of the style. When you first saw some of the renders of the characters, what was your reaction, especially to socks? I just kept seeing Angus's love for these things, Patrick. Like, you know, his love between like Teddy Ruxpin and R2-D2 and like this mix of yeah. this like new thing was like, wow. He, you know, he was so dedicated on the seams of the cat of like where that flocking would be and the the, the vinyl leather of the, like he, 
he's such a hardcore like nerd about all of that and so when finally seeing rendered i'm like oh my god this is so angus and all those details and so i was just proud of him you know what do you tell people what the movie's about or why they should check it out yeah i think it's the movie about how buzz lightyear becomes that that buzz Lightyear hero that we know uh and 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 the and the, how he grows in terms of his relationships and his character through failing big time you know and uh and how to how to get up from those those big regrets that you have and uh um uh yeah yeah i'm so proud to have been in that movie it was so fun when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. Peter, what are you currently obsessed with? This is going to sound so weird, but like, because the work is very stressful, I get obsessed with like relaxing things. So Patrick, please don't judge me. And it's so weird. But it's this art form called Jiminseki. It's a Japanese art form. Okay. And it's weird, but like, it's finding river rocks, right? So you're going on a hike and finding rocks that have faces in them. It's so weird, Patrick, but like, it's one of the most relaxing things of like walking around, kicking stones over and then like, oh my God, you know, with the family, my kids will find something like this is an eye, but no mouth, or this is two eyes and a nose and a mouth. Okay, is this and like, oh yeah. And as, as weird as that sounds, it's been something that our whole family has been obsessed over. I think my dad, my, he has those river rocks. They're like very smooth yeah. rocks. Yeah. And but yeah. my dad's an architect, so maybe there's an aspect to that. And he's a little more, he was very more cultured than I than I was growing up. Yeah. Um, I also want to ask you a little bit about some of your other background, because you, you have done a, a lot of work with Pixar. Um, and one of the films uh, I love is The Good Dinosaur, which you directed. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how was that process like being a director on a film like that? And seeing how it's been how people have responded and especially children have responded to seeing that film over the past like oh my god seven eight years now eight years yeah it's you know that film is very emotional for me only because like it went through a rough time in terms of director changes and everything in the version of the movie that it was before but at the same time like um uh, it's one of those things you know we made the movie very fast and to see the studio step up in terms of like we had what I think 18 months to from, from that this new version to the end and how every artist and every you know uh, uh, everyone that was helping they just all like you know dropped everything that they could to help make that movie and so I always feel this emotional connection of like wow it was a difficult time but I, I have a, 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 a really big pride for not only the movie but for how it was made in such difficult sort of scenarios and it's not everyone's favorite movie for sure but the the the, the sincerity of what we put into the movie and our our love for the american northwest and um, um these characters and 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 really connected to um a, a lot of of people in a, in a very strong way in fact at d23 the other day um uh, a woman was just saying like what happens to Spot now with the family? I need to know, you need to make more. And uh, they were so passionate. And so, it, you know, the, 
the idea of it growing and uh, there's a, there's something about um, this young um, dinosaur that uh, uh, tries to get through his fears that has connected to a lot of kids that are going through hardships. And I always get a lot of um, um, mail or, or, or social media on like, thanks for finding that strength for him and like, you know, working through the fear. And uh, that, that's been very meaningful. And so with all the different hats you, you wear, like doing a, some, directing a movie like The Good Dinosaur, when you go back to being, a, whether it's an animator or a voice actor, what do you mm -hmm. take away from that experience that helps inform you not to worry or this is yeah. how it's gonna be or taking a direction that might seem odd? Well, what's interesting is um, I'm going, we're gonna have another movie next year that I'm directing, it's called Elemental. And it's been such a different process because it's so much more personal, Patrick, where because of the speed that we were going, it, it's, it was, it's connected to personal life, but like, you know, like I, I didn't lose a father at that time, but since that movie was made, I did lose my father. And so I have different feelings now. And, and a lot of those feelings of, of how much I appreciate my parents are now being put into this movie that I'm, which I have more time to do. And, uh, and so it's a different process. Those worries that I had on, on, on Dinah was more like, can we get this done? And now in this one, it's more like, you know, um, is the, is this, is this emotion clear, you know? And so there's, there's different worries, you know? Well, uh, first of all, I'll say, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your father's loss that. Uh, oh, thank you, Patrick. Um, yeah, I, I went through something like that with my mother, but I also think that's, uh, even though we think of Pixar being kind of like uh, a very family friendly, um, offering family friendly stories, oftentimes they deal with themes that whether you're a child or an adult you're, you're dealing with, yeah. and grief is definitely one of those. Um, yeah. I, I'm also, you, you mentioned um, people ask, like asking about a character for The Good Dinosaur. Uh, we actually have some questions about some characters you've played. Um, yeah. And I was going to say that these are from a kid, but they're actually from my 30-year-old coworker. Um, <laughs> But uh, the first one I have is for Emil. And uh, do you think that Emil's palette has improved since we last saw that saw him in that movie? I don't think so at all. He's been eating garbage his whole life. He does not have those tastes that Remy does. And so unfortunately, he'll be eating the same high class stuff his brother's cooking him, but he'll enjoy the same meal out of a out of a dumpster. <laughs> it's like his comfort food is just his food uh, and <laughs> yeah. then with uh socks um it, socks is kind of like a swiss army knife as well i mean he has a lot of different resources what's his best resource oh boy i feel like whatever programming that he has is the therapy side i feel like is his best thing of trying to you know connect with someone but if you're talking about just the technical side of it like the the, the actual practical pieces of him i would say that tail that has that usb function i feel like it's so practical to like get information in and out of that guy i, th I think that's my favorite thing <laughs> and i love how you mentioned teddy ruxman earlier because now i'm like yes that's what this that's what it reminded me of, I really put <laughs> yeah the yeah on. yeah it's all um, and i have one more for you uh for squishy uh do you think squishy still lives with his mom <laughs> uh yes he probably has now taken the basement where the laundry was but i'm sure he's made that basement his own now and uh you know really getting nervous about bringing a girl over or whatever but uh, yeah he's still living down there 
Okay, and then uh, circling back to you as the voice actor, um, obviously Lightyear. But when you think of your journey, you started out um, growing up in the Bronx, and then you attended CalArts, which is very prestigious. And that's kind of where you hooked up with uh, Brad Bird. But when you think back on that time, is there some advice you received, uh, whether in school or through life, that still sticks with you to this day? Be kind in how you find your voice and your friends. I think, I think that was something for me in seeing where people, you know, like there was like a competitive nature with some folks that were, were about ladder climbing. And then there was like um, a friendship that was about more knife sharpening in a gentle way where we were the, the friends that you made sort of helped you get better. And uh, um, um, that idea has happened at every studio that I've worked with in terms of finding good people that um, help you be your best. And uh, um, 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 from Warners to Disney TV, from CalArts to Pixar, I felt like that's the Venn diagram where everything is like, oh, wow, these are passionate, great people that just are trying to support each other. And that's, that's, that's been something that I feel like, oh, um, um, I wish everyone had that instilled in them as they're, as they're, you know, you know, getting better at their craft. And then also like with that process being uh, so long, years long, are there parts of that process that are more of a favorite or, or parts that you look more forward to than, than not? I mean, cause I imagine the journey has got to be as much fun as the final product, right? Yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. Patrick, the first movie I ever worked on was the iron giant. And I remember, you know, that movie came out and did nothing. It was like, it made no money. And uh, that was literally the first lesson of like, when you walked away from it, you still felt super proud of the work that you had done with that team. And so that's the, that's a dragon that I chase on all the shows that I've worked on is just really wanting to work with people that, you know, um, that you're having really uh, amazing time crafting something collaborative. And that's the journey to your, to your point. Now, some of the tougher things are objectivity because these projects take so long you've heard the same joke a million times, you've heard the same moment, you've seen it a thousand times, and you start to lose objectivity. And so there are games to protect your objectivity, you know, using uh, friends that you trust to uh, bring some of that objectivity in. And that, and so those are the two ends of the spectrum. There's the love of collaborating and, and feeling um, the talents of people. It's, it, you know, like, it's like watching um, a great basketball game from the sidelines where you're like, oh my God, this, this player showed their work today and they just slam dunked and like the crowd went wild over it. And so there's that aspect of the, of the joy of watching people craft and create things that they're, these, these folks are really good at what they do. And so that's such a joy and part of that journey. But then there are the times where like, I'm lost because I've seen this too many times, you know, and uh, how did I get lost here? And that's, those are the hard times. And uh, you said Iron, Iron Giant that came out in 1999, which yeah. was an amazing year for films. You had like films like The Matrix and Fight yeah. Club, I think Sixth Sense. Um, yeah. But then it also has taken on a life of its own. A lot of people like me uh, glommed onto it. We would share it with friends and it's in festivals and it's become a kind of a cult thing on its own. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever wish you could go back and, and revisit that? And I don't mean like in a, in a way of doing a sequel, but revisit that process at that time or revisit the feeling that process gave you? Yeah, you, you, well, what's interesting is like I grew up in New York in the in, in 80s, 90s that were, you know, not the best times, meaning there was racism and some xenophobia that I grew up with that really 
force you to define yourself as this, you know, this skin color and a culture. Um, but when I got into animation, um, um, started, that sort of thing started to wipe away and you began to see a tribe of people of that really loved what they were doing and passionate. It didn't matter what creed, you know, race or creed that you were, it's just that like, oh, you love the same things that we do, welcome in. And Iron Giant, as my first experience on a movie, was that times a thousand. Like, the, it, you know, a good idea could come from anywhere. Brad really espouses that. Like, he, he doesn't just, he's not, there's not an elite, an elite club that it was, it was anyone. And uh, um, um, that, that sort of uh, uh, really gave, um a sort of a feeling of this is my tribe pixar is very much of the same sort of ilk of people that really love movies and patrick just hearing you break down the films of 1999 i feel like yeah that's the tribe right there your knowledge of that you would you could you could be at pixar easily in terms of just the love for movies and and uh, and, that, and i'm very proud of being a part of that tribe you know of film lovers you know Invitation accepted. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this, and and I, I I I'm I'm going here a little little more personal, but because of your background, your upbringing, and who you are, I also think seeing people who are not like me, who are not white men, uh, in a position of power directing a Pixar film, that also has to be really rewarding in a different way. Not only be, I read that your parents were immigrants, um, yeah. but also to other people coming up in that kind of business who might not fit in that kind of very stereotypically uh, white guy uh, outlook. Yeah, and you know, like growing up, trying to find gateways into movies was such an interesting thing because you, you're so used to like the, the mainstream movies, but I remember movies like The Temple of Doom where Indy had an Asian friend, you know, or, 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 or The Goonies, you know, with Kihu Kwan. Uh, recently, I just saw a photo of them all getting together again, Harrison Ford and them, but that those gateways were meaningful. I didn't realize how meaningful that they were at that time. And so the, you know, I'm working with a lot of, you know, diversity here at Pixar um, um, is it's, 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 it's not something that like I wear on my sleeve all the time. It's something that I always just feel. And uh, um, the studio thought about very sensitively and sincerely about, you know, making sure that you know the, the the shows all feel like it's 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 re reflecting um the world around us and uh, um, um without any agenda really it's just you know the, and and that's been interesting for me as a minority um seeing how to make their work and and, and get their perspectives heard and so that's been very satisfying for sure patrick the last thing i have is a very Quick thing we do a thing called pick one i give you a couple things you select one it doesn't mean okay. the thing is better than the other so pick one pencil pen paint or computer uh pencil the idea of something that practical that you can bring around anywhere and uh, um, um how uh what's the word expressive a pencil can be is something that uh to me is is is, is the same as a voice and the same as uh, uh communicating in english that you can do the same thing with a drawing or words or, or whatever that, that, that the, how, how dark and bold the line can get and how light and airy a pencil line can get. And uh, it's, it's one of, you know, God's gifts to all of us is this piece of charcoal, it's just great. You do so many roles. Uh, I'm guessing you're a director, you're an art 
director, you are a storyboard artist, a voiceover artist. Is there one that if you kind of had to pick one that you would lean more toward than the other? Um, I've always wanted to be an animator. Like, and that's what I went to school for. That's, 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 the, that's the work that I love to do. But since then, I've been in story and drawing characters. And I think that's, that's where my heart lives now is, is and, and I get to animate in the boards, but the, the art of being in a room with a bunch of story folks uh, is hilarious, Patrick. I, I wish you could see it. Like once you join into the room, like the little bit of the fire that you get through is that as you're talking, everyone's drawing each other. And so there's a level of like caricature insults that you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I had that many double chins. Oh God. Or like my, what, that mole is growing on me. Stop drawing that, you know? And so there's that sort of like, you know, in the trenches quality to that, that's awesome. But then when you are making a story, there's so much a balance of fun stuff, but then almost therapy, Patrick, where you're talking about issues in your lives that might connect to a story beat or not that feel truthful and universal. So there's this balance of like really hysterical fun. And then really, you know, the, 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 the room could just switch immediately into, you know, oh my God, I didn't know that about, you know, your grandparent or whatever, and or whatever the situation or story that you're telling. And uh, that has become like the greatest thing, you know, where you're just, and then, and then it's crunchy too. I mean, like you just have to do the work. And then that's when the film love goes, where you're like, oh yeah, we staged the camera over here for this reason. Like, oh, just like, you know, Hitchcock, he didn't move that suitcase. It was full of a bomb, but he just moved the camera and it felt like it was gonna blow, but there was nothing happening. And you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> and so there's that sort of love that's all mixed in with those conversations. And like, you know, what's great about animation is behavior. You're trying to figure out that, is this behavior clear enough, you know? But you get a little bit of that in story as well as you're pitching stuff where you have to perform as you're pitching these characters. And so there's a lot of stuff in story that's just really, really, you know, tickles the, the movie love. Excellent. Peter, it's been such a delight talking with you. I hope you have a lovely rest of the day and best wishes with Elemental, okay? Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. That was really great. I really appreciate the time. I want to thank Peter for chatting with me and I want to thank you for listening. Lightyear is now available in 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD, as well as for streaming on Disney+. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care.